So when you go out on a limb or you get out of your comfort zone, like that pressure is a privilege. Like those are the things you want to do. Like you want to challenge yourself. You want to grow. You want to be the best. Hey everyone, and welcome to Sports Arty Snippets. I'm Liz Waluka, a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession. Snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hi everyone, welcome back to Sports RD Snippets. Hope everyone's doing well. Hope you had a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. Wherever you are, hopefully you were able to take a few days off or whatever time you could get off to spend with friends and family. And I can't believe it's 2023. I mean, it's not yet. It's December 27th that I'm recording this right now, but it is just so crazy how fast time flies. If you hear a noise in the background, I'm in Florida right now and I'm recording this outside. So I'm not sure if it sounds like there's like a jungle behind me. But I'm just so excited for the new year and um, just thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited for the episode today. We have Collier Madaleno on and she just is so down to earth and has such great advice for anyone that wants to work with football, especially at the collegiate level, the behind the scenes of, you know, how much work it really takes to be a director of a football program and the behind the scenes of what it's like to fuel athletes during the college football playoffs so whether you're interested in football or not collier just has such great advice and i'm just super excited for the episode today collier madaleno is finishing up her fourth season as the university of georgia's director of football performance nutrition before georgia she served in a similar position as the head of football nutrition at the university of florida collier grew up in athens georgia interested in food nutrition and collegiate athletics She completed her undergraduate degree at the University of Alabama and got her dietetic internship and master's from Georgia State University. Collier was able to work in Alabama's sports nutrition department and at IMG in their NFL combine training program. Let's jump in and let's meet Collier. Hi, Collier. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Liz. How are you doing? I'm good. What's going on in your world? You're, what are you guys, 12 days out from a bowl game? 11? Are we counting? Oh my gosh. We don't know. We are leaving for Atlanta on the 26th. So it's just around the corner. What? That's in a week. Wow. Yes. So um, it's pretty It's pretty crazy around here, but we're good. We're staying busy. Um, just getting ready for, for some bowl season. We're going bowling. Amazing. And you guys are playing in Georgia, right? Yes. So we are right up the street, um, which is so nice. Uh, we went there. Actually, this will be our third game in Atlanta this season. So I we actually stayed at the same hotel for SEC championship. So it's really wow. nice because I kind of got to like, you know, fill out the staff and kind of um, see how things rolled out. And they did really good. So that's a great sign. And then I know some caterers in Atlanta. So again, that's a huge plus. That's amazing because I feel like that's not that common, right? That that would kind of happen to like get the same, like, I feel like that's such a stress, just not, not needing to worry about, you know, is the food good? Are they, you know, they understand we're doing, you know, that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. And our main hotel guy is like on top of it. I already had his number. So I was texting him as soon as we found out we were going there for sure. And he was like, perfect. We'll see you soon. 
I love it. Well, I like to start these episodes off with how we know each other. I don't know if this is how I met you, but I literally came up to the conference and I saw you at the conference and I literally feel like I was like, I was like, oh, there's Collier. Like, I need to go ask her if she knows this person. And I was like, do you know this person? And you were like, I don't know who that is. And I was like, oh my God, so embarrassing. And then no. was it a few days later, you were like, never mind. But I didn't realize it's not actually like it's not like your direct friend that knew my friend or something like that. Yeah. And I think because it was I it was, we were at CPSCA, I was just like in sports dietitian modes that I thought it was someone from nutrition. So I was like, the, oh. like, do I know them from Florida? Do I know them from when I was like an undergrad at Alabama? Like, and then I was getting on my flight to leave CPSCA and I was like, that's who it is. And it's my mutual friend. I met her in Boston when I was visiting my high school friend, oh. Abby. Okay. That's so funny. Cause I remember my friend was like, yeah, there's this girl named Collier. And I think maybe at the time you worked at Florida, I'm like, there's not that many Colliers in sports nutrition. That's probably her. And when you were like, I don't know her. I was like, maybe there's another Collier. I think too, like right after I said that, like someone like, like a wave of people came between us and then it just like ended the conversation and you're probably like, Oh, okay. No, it's because I know I feel like I was following you. I was like, Oh, let me go find her. But anyways, that's how we've kind of met. But yeah. before we jump in today, I'm so excited to kind of learn about like bull prep. Actually, like I've never worked. I mean, I don't really work with football anymore, but I've never prepped for a bowl when I was at doing snip. It's so funny. Like not like 2016 was so long ago, but it's just interesting. Like maybe the prep or all the different interns and student workers and how much more like involved it is. So yeah, like we went to a bowl game, but I was traveling with another team somewhere else. And I didn't, I don't know. We just didn't talk about like what the prep was like. And so yeah. I'm excited because a lot of people probably don't know unless they've worked in football or, you know, you see the bowl games on, you know, New Year's Eve, but you, I don't think people realize like the behind the scenes on like, it's not just like one random football game and, you know, that's it. So we're just excited right. about that today. Um, but yeah, can you take us to your career path up until this point where you started and where you are today? Of course. So I am born and raised in Athens, Georgia. I grew up in a big Italian family. We've always been foodies and really involved in, you know, competition and athletics. Um, so I always knew I wanted to do something in nutrition. Um, I, but I think like growing up in a college town, you're just so immersed in like collegiate athletics that like it becomes so much of your daily lives. And my dad was a student trainer at the University of Georgia. He was part of the football team when they won their national championship in 1980. And so he was just like obsessed with Georgia. And we grew up going to all the games and all he wanted was for like me or my sister to go to the University of Georgia. So of course we broke his heart. We both went to Alabama. Um, but there I did my undergrad in nutrition and I actually got to work with Amy Bragg. Um, and I worked there for two years, which was obviously a incredible experience and got to see her run this powerhouse nutrition program. And she was, she was one of the few head dietitians in the nation. It was very new. It was before DREG. Like I remember handing out bagels without cream cheese and things like that. So it's, it's really funny to see how nutrition progressed, but obviously a great experience. You know, I left college knowing I left my time there, but I wasn't really sure that's what I wanted to do. I remember kind of thinking like, wow, my boss works a lot of hours. Like, I don't, I don't know if this is for me. Um, so I went to Georgia state in Atlanta and got my 
DI done in my master's and in those rotations of kind of seeing nutrition in other areas, that's when I kind of realized that nothing was really kind of getting me excited or passionate about it. And I, I wanted to end up back in sports. So once I got done with schooling, um, I just kind of cold emailed it like anyone I could find in Georgia that had anything to do with sports nutrition. Um, just like, Hey, my name's Collier. I want to get my foot in the door. Um, I will work for free. I'll sock stuff. I'll, I'll put papers together, whatever you need. And Marie Spano got back to me and said I could come shadow her and work with her. So I got to go help her out. Um, at the time she was working with the Hawks, the Braves, working at a gym and also running her business. And she's obviously an incredible dietitian. So I helped her out some, and then she knew Stephanie Wilson down at IMG who was looking to hire someone for their NFL combine. And so I moved down to Bradenton, Florida for two months. And that's like a really cool time to work with athletes. They're like about to be, you know, going towards their biggest job interview of their lives, you know, NFL millions of dollars on the line, and they will listen to every single thing that you do. Um, so she really taught me how to counsel. Um, she let me sit in on a bunch of her like nutrition classes and education and let me even have some of my own athletes. Um, once I was done there, I moved back to Georgia, was looking for jobs and she called me and she had became the director at the university of Florida. I wanted to see if I wanted to come down and run football down there. So at 23 years old, I accepted that job, moved down to Gainesville, Florida. I was there for four seasons. I can honestly say that it was really challenging my first two years. It was probably one year um, too soon for me taking like a full-time job at that kind of level. Um, so I made a lot of mistakes. I learned a lot, but also met a ton of great dietitians and, and really got to develop things and kind of got things rolling, especially by year three, year four. Um, and then in January of 2019, um, I had always known I kind of wanted to end up back in Georgia just because my whole family was here and I grew up a Georgia fan, but my dad called me and he was like, today's the day. He was like, Georgia football just called. They asked me for your number. Like the dietitian just left. Um, I, like they're going to call you to interview you. And lo and behold, I was on the phone for two hours. And the next day I was on a 6 a.m. flight so I flew up here, interviewed all day, and I really knew that this job was going to be challenging. Um, Georgia had just lost in the natty in overtime, and I knew what the program was trying to be and trying to get to. And I'd worked with Coach Smart at Alabama and kind of known him in passing. And so I knew he was that this position was going to be a lot of pressure. But I do think at the end of the day, pressure is a privilege. And it's something that, you know, I knew that I wanted to be a part of a winning culture and, and winning atmosphere. And so I'm a little nervous, but I accepted the job. I am now on um, year four here at the University of Georgia. And I love it. It's been great. My husband is actually a Georgia football athletic trainer too so we are completely all in on the dogs we are we are bleeding red and black so that's a little that bit is about amazing me. that is incredible that is thanks that's such a good story too because the fact that I didn't I was wondering like where the Kirby smart connection because I was like I feel like she might have known him before but I don't know like where and it's just so amazing how like when you're interning or when you're younger or like your first time full-time job you just don't realize there's so many people like involved or in passing that like will come back around and it just I don't it's just amazing how it kind of comes full circle and like how every experience so matters for the next one you just might not see it in that moment and 
that's amazing that your husband's an athletic trainer too because just your dad's connection like in the past is yes yes so it's really fun and no it's crazy because sports is just such a small world like I used to make his smoothies here and there after practice and now he's my head ball coach so it it's wild amazing what is it like trying to defend a national championship you know throughout this year I mean people see like oh like Georgia won again like is every game is it is it really stressful is it actually really fun like how do you balance like what is it like do you change things from last year are you like we won last year let's keep everything the same what's the mentality when you're trying to defend well I think like the big thing is is that whether you win or lose in a season I think there's always ways that you can like improve and get more efficient and things like that so you know I think winning the natty was kind of like okay like we are doing things right like there's some good things and maybe a little confidence boost but like we can still get better you know I hope if I'm still in this job and I'm 85 years old like every single year I'm trying to push myself and get better and get more efficient but this past season we actually added on a ton and we were able to um because of kind of that winning culture and kind of everyone buying in. Um, but we opened football dining this past year. We got a new DEXA machine. Um, we got a new hydration testing and and I'm even taking notes this season on what do we need to do next year? Like I, I think a big thing about if you want to be the best and if you want to stay the best, then every year you've got to get better and push yourself. That is amazing. What about like prepping for a bowl is what is kind of the behind the scenes of prepping for a bowl game? I mean, you mentioned earlier, you're in Georgia this year for that, hopefully first game. Um, But how does that what's the behind the scenes? Because I think people just see it on TV and they don't realize you have to practice most of December and then you leave for like five days ahead of time. So what does it kind of look like working with hotels and planning and sending stuff and all that? Yeah. So like the first, it's funny because you find out on a Sunday, what bowl you're announced to and where you're going. And then by Monday, you've got to be already kind of diving into things. The first thing I do is like, I go through the bowl packet. So each bowl is kind of different, um, obviously different locations, but also like different events and different items that they give you. Some bowls will give you pallets of water and Gatorade, and some bowls will have different events at night where they feed your team. So the first thing I do is I go through our manual and just see, okay, where are they feeding them? Um, what are they providing us with? And then where do we need to fill the, fill the gaps? Then I get with our director of ops and kind of see what time are we practicing, what time are meetings, and that way you can kind of put in those missing piecing pieces for like feeding and fueling and things like that. Um, I also look at what staffing can I bring. And then another big thing is seeing, are you practicing at the same place you're playing the game? Cause if not, then you're packing for stadium practice site and hotel, which I'm very lucky the peach bowl it's the same, but like last year it wasn't. So it changes every year and depends on where you land. Um, also what I like to do is I like to look at who went to this bowl last year and I'm going to call their dietitian and I'm going to see what their notes were so amber from michigan state was at peach bowl last year she stayed at the same hotel so i called her and kind of picked her brain on what worked what didn't work and then ethan from tennessee he's going down to miami so i sent him all his stuff so i think one great thing is that these bowl games a lot of dietitians have been to so like utilizing your resources to make planning as easy as possible that's really smart. Cause I don't know if I would have thought of that. Um, of just like thinking about like someone's been to that bowl before. Um, and that doesn't have to, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like, Hey, this worked, this didn't. Cause that's a lot of planning. Is it so much easier that you don't have to like ship things because you're 
local <laughs> or close. You could be like, yeah. oh, I forgot something. <laughs> And that is like a, a blessing. My big thing is I do try to drop ship as much as I can. So like getting my Cisco delivered there and also like working with Gatorade and stuff like that, just because we do go for so long. So we're going on the 26th, we're playing on the 31st and there is going to be so many like snacks and hydration and everything, you know, utilized. So as much drop ships as I can, the better. And then the rest we pack. Um, so that's kind of the, even though it's down the street, I still did that, um, which might be a hair dramatic, but it's just a lot easier if the hotel will accept it for you. And it's all waiting there for you when you get there. And then I send two people ahead before the team gets there just to kind of help unload and things like that. And, and I, we travel a good amount of, of football nutrition, mainly because it is so many meals and so much time there just to make sure everything feels the same. Like my goal is that I want every practice to feel like practice at home and game day to feel like a normal game day. Yeah. That is crazy too. It's like five days before the, like, I think people don't realize like it's a lot of work. It's a lot of product, a lot of snacks, a lot of planning, a lot of, do a lot of things kind of like not go wrong, but is it more like a schedule change or not really in the bowl? Like, is it like, whoops, never mind practices at, or this event got moved up or not really? I mean, once we get there, usually it's pretty much in a group, but like my number one thing is like always plan for something to go on, to go wrong. Like the number one thing that makes me nervous is after practices, we do box meals and smoothies. And I get so nervous about those outside caterers. Like usually the hotel by then, you know, you're with them for so long, they kind of get into the groove, but the outside caterers make me nervous. And whenever we travel far, I always want to do fun things. Like when we were in Miami, like I wanted like local cuisines and like different things. And then sometimes when you try to get too fun, it's like, wait, I probably should have just done Chick-fil-A like, dang it. But, uh, um, yeah. So that's where, like, if I ask other dietitians, like I told Ethan when he was going to Miami, I was like, these two were great. This third one, you don't want to do because it was a stressful situation. So, so just trying to help other dietitians on what to do and what to kind of steer clear of. Awesome. What, like looking back to last year, you know, you guys are playing in Florida, right? Was that where the first game was last year? What does it look like you try to plan if you make the national championship game? Is it like you have those plans or is it like you can't really get into that mode until you win and then you're off to Indianapolis? Is that how it went last year? So I plan both. I plan both ahead and I just make every, I know. And sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, am I jinxing it? But it's just not enough. It's not enough time in between. So I make everything cancelable. So like you can't actually ship anything yet. And so that's the one thing I I will pack for um, if we make it. And hopefully we do. I will pack that because some things, you know, you need weeks in advance and you don't have that. But my number one thing that I get nervous about is like if we win, then we're going to be practicing here. Like it's not like life will stop and I can take three days to just focus on planning. Like we need things to still roll back home. We need like stuff scheduled for flights. We need, you know, all the food there. And it's really the biggest game of the year and everyone's under a lot of stress. I just want everything to go smoothly. So I plan it and then I just make everything cancelable so that if things don't go our way, you know, you have this beautiful plan that you wasted time on, but it's better than going and not planning it. it and then everything being complete chaos. So 
I pre-plan it. What is the behind the scenes on the stress? I might've asked this earlier. I forgot to follow up on it, but like, is it so fun week after week or is it stressful to stay on top? Like where I always kind of wonder, like, what is it? Is it, is it fun or is it hard? I think it's really fun, but I do think once you win, you know, there's an expectation and that can be stressful. You know, like you want everything to stay the same. You want every, all of your guys to be in a routine, but you have to stay on top of it. And I know I said it, but there is a lot of pressure and and it's pressure to be number one. But I think that we work this hard to kind of be in these situations. And that's something that I enjoy. I'm really competitive. And so, you know, I love that aspect of it. Um, And it can help also motivate your athletes, you know, if they're not performing as well, and we're playing these big games, they want to buy into every little detail and utilize every tool they can um, to play at their best. So it's kind of a, it's it's really a win-win, but it does it does add an extra layer of stress, especially at, at, you know, times like these, when you want, you know, everything to go perfect, you know, we're in the college football playoffs. I'm so excited for all the guys. I want it to be an amazing experience for them. And I don't want anything on my end to go wrong, to add stress to our coaches or staff and players. So I just want everything to be perfect. It's also like we, you like, we live for this. Like you were saying, like pressure is a privilege. Like you live for this moment to have this moment. Yeah. What is the behind the scenes, like if someone's watching on TV and there's a sports dietitian obviously working in the college football playoff, what are like things people don't see like happening on the sideline or like what's something that, you know, behind the scenes you can kind of share what's going on fueling wise or that no one sees? Yeah. So my father-in-law, he actually works at Kentucky in athletics and he has a great quote and it's, it's not what you see on TV. So I think that that, what that shows is that like, those are like the moments of like glory and glamour, but like, there's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes that isn't, you know, there's always going to be some kind of chaotic, something that could go wrong or will go wrong or, or whatnot. And there's so much hard work and extra things that go on because it takes so much to get you through a tough season, you know, football season's long, it gets, you know, It gets to be a little bit of a grind and things, but you do all that to make it to those Saturdays and to, you know, get to enjoy those times. But I think that it always is like, oh my gosh, that looks like such a cool job. And don't get me wrong. I do think my job's really cool, but it also is a lot of hard work. And it also is a lot of hours, a lot of, I say blood, sweat, tears, and pickle juice. You know, it's, it's all that is kind of. So, you know, one thing I will say is it might look like, oh, it's perfect, but there's probably like a ton of chaos going on in the, in the background. Um, but that's the fun of it too. It always keeps me on my toes. Amazing. So now we're going to move on to the Q and a segment. I asked the audience, um, I asked them like, what questions do they have for a sports dietitian fueling the college football playoff? But then I also asked dietitians to just give like any advice or just any like tidbits from their bowl experiences. So Our first question is, what does halftime nutrition look like? If you can kind of give us an insight of just like, is there pickle juice? You know, what's the insight? Always pickle juice, of course. But so a lot of times what I want to focus on is quick carbs and electrolytes. You know, that's one of the main times where they can sit, they can refuel, rehydrate, um, so we'll do, you know, different things like fruit snacks, chews, um, Pedialyte, Powerades, you know, different types of electrolytes, um, and also quick snacks. We'll also do things like beef jerky that are 
pie and salt and pretzels. Um, and then I do like uncrustables and some heartier things. A lot of those are mainly eaten by my staff and my players that aren't necessarily playing as much, but it's good to still feed them because if not, they're going to crush all the stuff. Yeah. Um, my other favorite thing is just like fresh fruit because it kind of hits you with like water and also carbs too. So it's like a combo, um, but stuff like that light to keep them rolling, but not sitting too heavy on them. I'm laughing because I should just save this for rapid fire, but I might just ask now, what's your opinion on Crustables or a homemade PB&J? Or is it more situational and cost-effective if you can afford it on Crustables? You know, where, what's your thought? So we tend to go on Crustables because like everyone's so picky about how much peanut butter, how much jelly, like if I order from a hotel and they do too much bread, then the guys are like, oh, it's too much bread, not enough jelly. So the Uncrustable, like I know what I'm going to get. Like it's going to look the same. Okay, I, I see that. First, first deck, if it, if we have an Uncrustable in Texas. So like for like the the constant real reliability, I go the Uncrustable route. Okay. I need to pull the audience because that could be, I could see both sides of that, but I do think you're right. At the end of the day, you're going to get so many complaints. So just go Uncrustable. Yeah, like, you know what you're going to get. Less food service. All right, our Uh next question was, how does your team handle travel food? Who's in charge of ordering delivery hotel BEOs? So me and my assistant, Kate, take on all of the uh, meals and menus. So we kind of split it up to to try to make our lives a little easier. So Kate took on calling the caterers for practice and stuff like that. And then I took on the hotel BS. And then of course we are like sitting and mixing and, you know, bouncing around ideas and helping each other out. But we try to like take lead on different things. That way one person isn't getting crushed with food service and still able to like meet with their athletes and do other things um, while the other one's working on something else. So, so I'm lucky that I have another dietitian that's just football and that can help me kind of divide and conquer. Um, but we're also lucky that our director of ops will just say, Hey, I want brunch. And I like that I can come up with my menus because I, I would be too opinionated. I want to decide what we're eating. And I love to ask the guys what they want. And I, I kind of like having that control factor of it. Yeah. Um, another part of the segment are that some people, I just asked like what their advice was. So you can just comment on it if you have something to say, but they said, someone said, it's important to have good relationships with whatever hotel staff is thrown at you, which I guess is makes sense. So they treat you well and give you what you want. Yes. Yeah. I always am like that. I think my first year I was a little bit more tense when I was dealing with hotel staff and now I approach it like completely different. Like we're on the same team. Like our goal, our goal is the exact same. We want the food to be out. We want it to taste good. We want it to be on time. Like if y'all run into trouble, like, let me know. Like I've got me, I've got Kate, I've got four students. We're, We're bringing four chefs. Like we have hands, like put us to work. We love working. Like we will get this done. We will put this together. So that's kind of how I approach it now. What was, so what was your approach when you first started though? Was it like, don't mess any, like, was it more like on the edge? Like, here you go. I trust you. But then it's like, why didn't you tell me it was 10 minutes late? Yeah. Yeah. I was a little bit more tense and I think it was just like lack of experience and just like me being stressed out myself that I, I feel like I kind of like added a layer of stress by being more like, this is this, this is that, like, you know, handle it you know, the best you can. And now I try to do it like, Hey guys, like we're here to help you. You're here to help us. Like 
you know, and I honestly feel like that doesn't stress out the staff as much and they're better to work. And as long as a, a staff or a hotel staff, you know, cares, I, I really don't mind. Like all I want is for them to care and them to want to work hard. And, and if that's the best they can do, then that's the best they can do. And we can help to fill in the gaps. Like we know what we're looking for. They can ask us as many questions as they want. Here's my cell, you know, we'll get this done. Um, but yeah, I definitely didn't start off that way. And I've, I've learned that this approach is really way more natural for me too. Um, but I've also seen it work better. So that's my two cents. This next person said, reach out to other football sports dietitians that have worked that exact bowl, which is what you already said. But I think that's so smart. And I think if you were like a brand new RD, I think, why is it when you're younger, you like, you're like afraid. I don't know. You're just like, okay, must just like figure it out when it's like, no, like just call someone that already worked up bowl game. A thousand percent. You could save yourself so much time and headache. A thousand percent call yes. people. And then the last person said, dissect the itinerary and plan day by day. Also try to include a regional fun food. What's fun for Love you? It. Like we live here in Georgia. I know. I know. So Atlanta is like a little harder. We're getting this like big Dave's. Um, it was Phillies that that's something that all a bunch of my guys from Atlanta were like, Miss C, they're so good. So we've never done them since we've been there. So he's like my little stretch, but hopefully big Dave pulls through for me. Oh my God. That's amazing. But it's like, you know, you're in your own like home state. <laughs> Let's try this. Yeah. Um, I didn't prepare you for this. Not like it's that difficult, but actually there's probably a lot of students listening that, you know, might want to work with football. They're not really sure. What do your students or interns kind of do daily or how is it kind of broken up at Georgia football? anything you can share there what what do they do like on a day-to-day -day basis or when we're at the bowl that is a great question I guess you could you know what why don't you answer both of those if you don't mind okay yeah so I have an unbelievable amazing group of students so we have 13 students um with us for football and I mean a lot of what they do and I tell them this when I'm interviewing is not glamorous you know they do a lot of the of the nitty-gritty work they help to run our smoothie bar help with recovery shakes they help with accepting orders unloading pallets stocking but then again I also try to throw in like some fun things like I have them come and do attendance like I want them to get to know our athletes um the more people know know who has food allergies, who needs to lean out, who needs to gain weights, like the better our whole staff is at, you know, as a whole. So we'll do things like monthly meetings. Um, we'll teach them education. Like why do we hand out our athletes cherry juice? And we try to tie in those like whys so that A, if someone asks them, they know how to answer, but B also, it just kind of gives them more value in doing things like stocking hydration and making supplement cups. You know, why are we giving this athlete Omega? Um, and that way I feel like if they know the why there's more meaning in doing it. I also think, think it helps because I started off as a volunteer. So like, I kind of remember like not knowing what it was like or what, what was going on and like loving when Amy would have these monthly meetings. So she's actually the reason why I've kind of introduced those because it was like, Oh, like, that's why I do it. Like I had no idea. I was just checking a box. Um, and then from a bowl perspective, 
they do a lot of the packing. You know, they're probably all packing right now and being like, oh my gosh, here we go. But um, they'll help with meal attendances. They'll help with doing things like putting out education at meals and building display plates. We'll also send them to practice early to make sure pre-practice gets out, hydration gets cooled. Um, they'll help with the catering orders. They'll help with night snacks. So they're really hands-on and involved. And um, all of my students actually get to also be on the field with us. So I think that that's a big treat awesome. and award. It's not all 13. It's the four that we travel, just to clarify. But, like, wow. um, <laughs> the squad. No, but I mean, honestly, um, in this day and age, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, it's just so crazy. How, and it's so necessary. It just has changed so much that you're like, I don't even know what goes on, how many people they have, or it's like a whole staff. It's an army. I don't even know. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but they get to do do a lot of things. And I also have them do things like kind of help me with meal plans and stuff. Obviously, it's stuff that like I have to check and go through. But like I try to have them do some of the education stuff. And that way, like I said, it kind of balances out that, you know, kind of manual labor and restocking and food service side with some education and things like that. Yeah. Um, I have two things to say. One thing, um, I think it's really interesting. Like, I think people forget, especially as students, as you said, like taking attendance in my mind, I'm like, that's so cool in the sense that you really get to meet the players and get to know their names. And I think when you're younger, you're like, why am I taking attendance? This has nothing to do with nutrition. That might be your first kind of thought. And that's not the only thing you do, but when you get to know players' names and you see them each morning, you just build a relationship with them and it's just so special. And then the nutrition knowledge that you learn, they're going to, it's just going to make, what's the right word? Like not more harmony. It's just going to make more sense because they, you know, the players it's going it to, it helps you kind of have more of a well-rounded experience versus just doing the other things without knowing their names. It's, it's different, right? Oh yeah. And I want everyone to know their names because it's super helpful in knowing well, A, they need to know like who came in and who ate, but say I'm in a meeting and I'm not at breakfast and I've got a weight loss guy that came in and ate this like big plate. Well, I don't need my students to go up and, and like, Hey, you can't do this, but he might, they might be like, Hey, just so you know, X, Y, and Z, like, it's good to kind of have eyes all around because that's kind of the expectation of, you know, your job is that when they're in this building, like, you know what they're eating, you know what they're feeling in reality. Like I can't be in eight places at once. So it's good for your staff to like, know your athletes and know all these things because it just makes y'all a better team. You can't do this job all by yourself, you know? Yeah. And I think another point you brought up of how Amy did the monthly meetings or like explaining to students, like what they're doing and why, because I can understand, like, I mean, we were all were students and sometimes you're doing things. You're like, why are we doing that? And I think as dietitians, we get so busy and like, I get it. Like it's tough sometimes to set up biweekly or whatever, whatever is going to work for you. But that time you take to meet with your team monthly or whatever it is with your student workers helps keep you like together like I feel like helps keep the intern to want to be involved and invested because they need to be learning too like you're saying like you could be passing on omega-3s but like have them do a project on why omega-3s are you know beneficial for sport and recovery and all that stuff so I don't know I think sometimes don't you I don't know not like interns complain but I think sometimes they're missing the mentorship and I know it's easier said than done but everyone could just find someone on their staff or just something that they can like delegate a time to sit down with their students. I think it actually helps build your program, even though it's like that one extra hour you need to like carve out, it will be like worth it. I guess it's like, right. kind of makes sense, but 
I don't know. I feel like there's more interns running around that are like, I'm just doing food service. I never see the dietitian. Like I hear those stories a lot. And I'm like, what's happening? Yeah. Not against food service at yeah. all. It's like there's just this missing link and just kind of be aware of how you can fill it wherever you are to just help our industry out basically. Yeah. I think whatever time you invest in your staff, you'll only get back. Like by all means, everyone gets busy, but the more you pour into your staff, like the better they are, the better your whole, your whole program runs. So I think that I get, I get to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, I just, I don't have time to plan a 10 minute talk, but I, I always make time because guess what? That'll help our staff to be better, which will ultimately help us. So I get it, but, but yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying, but I'm with you. Like you'll always get that time back and investment. So yeah. invest in your staff. Yeah. So have a meeting with your students if you haven't done that yet. <laughs> How do you optimize your body and maximize your mind to get the most out of every day? You need the right fuel and you need momentous. Momentus offers high-quality, lab-tested, next-generation sports and human performance products. One of their best-selling products is Momentus Omega-3. Omega-3 is a daily fish oil supplement designed to optimize intake and, most important, omega-3 fatty acids, EPA, and DHA. Their fish oil also contains a minimum of 90% triglyceride-bound omega-3s, the form of omega-3s found naturally in fish and most easily absorbed by the body. The digestive enzyme lipase is also added to further improve bioavailability. Go to livemomentous.com and order omega-3s and use the code RDSnippets20 to get 20% off their products. That's R-D-S-N-I-P-P-E-T-S-2-0. Thank you so much, Momentous, for sponsoring this episode. What advice would you have for an entry-level dietitian or someone who wants to work football only, be a director of football nutrition? What did, what piece of advice do you have for someone that might want to go that route? Okay. So I think I've kind of got three things that are like, I think could cover, especially like the collegiate slash football realm. Um, and they're not in any order, but it would be know how to recruit, invest time in knowing your athletes and to be yourself. So know how to recruit. This is like very important in college athletics. Like we are always recruiting and the better athletes you get, the the easier everyone's job is. And recruiting is really just so important. Um, and it can add value to your position if you're confident, if you're able to establish yourself as an expert, and if you're able to sell your program. Um, so I think if you're a student and you want to be in college athletics, like start to try to volunteer to do public speaking or take a class because you are going to have to be able to recruit, to do team talks and to do all this kind of public speaking. I also think you're like, never stop recruiting. Like I might be recruiting athletes to come here, but then when they get here, I'm recruiting them to buy into my nutrition program. So I think like recruiting never stops. You know, how do I convince a five-star wide receiver who's one of the best in the nation who grew up eating McDonald's to switch and to buy into what I'm doing? You know, I've got to recruit him to buy into it. And so I think knowing how to, to be that public speaker and to recruit is so important. Um, I would then say, 
invest time in knowing your athletes. If you are a football only dietitian, like this is your like one baby, like this is your one sport. You need to like dive into it. You need to know your players. You need to know your support staff. You need to know your coaches. And like, that's my favorite part of my job. Like we get paid to go sit and eat with our athletes. How cool is that? You know? And I think knowing them, not only just like knowing what their weight should be or knowing what their goals are, but also knowing like where they're from, like what kind of foods do they grow up liking and like building that relationship only makes them like trust you more and trust your nutrition plan more. It might even help them to come to their DEXA on time. It might even help them to come to meals more. I just think the more, you know, your athletes, like there's just absolutely no harm in doing that. And that is your job. If you only got one sport, it is to know them. Um, and then my third thing is to just be yourself. Like, I think when I first started off, I kept thinking like, of what I thought a football dietitian should be like. And then I finally realized like at the end of the day, they hired me, like, I'm not going to come in and, and try to be someone I'm not. And like the, I think the more genuine, genuine you are with your athletes and with your staff, like the better they buy in, the more confident and natural you feel. So it's just so important to go into it and just like, be yourself. You can learn great things from mentors and things you like, but at the end of the day, put your own spin on it and it'll just be more natural and more authentic. I love the recruiting piece because that is so true. That is amazing. And I don't, why is public speaking not talked about enough? Like, I feel like it's like, I'm going to be a dietitian, but you're right because it's such a, and maybe more sports is a people business maybe than other jobs or like, I don't know, in clinical, if you're putting on like a, but no, you have to present, but it is really interesting to think about like, you're just the way you talk to people and you're right. If you don't know who you are, it's going to be hard to sell your program. And so I think that comes with experience, but that's a really good piece of advice. Cause I don't think people think about like your pitch or your recruiting or your confidence. Um, yeah. and that's been really cool to see over time, like how you've kind of come into your shell versus like your first year at Florida probably was just like, what is happening? I mean, we've all been there, but it's like, oh, a thousand percent. Like so much. I mean, I learned so much. It was a great experience, but like, like thinking back on it, I'm just like, oh my Lord, like <laughs> what a mess. Do you actually have any advice for people? You know, it's funny. Cause I took my first job at 24 and I don't really look back and be like, oh, I should have done, like, I felt like I was ready for the experience that it was. And it was just like, you just learned as you went, like, what advice do you give to your 23 year old self? Or I guess I'm getting to the last question, my bad, but you know what I mean? Like just starting out what, cause I, I just feel like you have to fail forward in order to grow. So I'm not against like not being, I still like not being ready. I just feel like sometimes just being thrown in. I mean, it's, torture sometimes of like the pain you have to go through because you're too young but it's so worth it do you have any thoughts on that I have like two two sides of it because obviously if I hadn't have done that experience I wouldn't be where I am today so Mm -hmm. I have no no regrets because you know it helped me to learn so much and I learned very quickly mainly because I had to but it was like great but I think that like also we have like a field now where there's like now snip and now there's like assistant positions. Like if you want to be football, you can always, you know, like my assistant position, like I want 
want it to be where people come in and they like learn, learn and grow in confidence so that they can go be a director of football somewhere else. So I think like, also, like, if you're not ready, don't feel like you have to just like jump in and sink or swim. You can like also like apply for these intern positions or these fellow positions or these assistant positions and get like a couple, like, you know, year or so under your belt. And that way you're ready for that next leg. Whereas like, I just saw this opportunity was like, I cannot turn this down. And I was lucky, like if it had been a situation where like right now at Georgia, I report directly to football and I'm like really good friends with the Olympic dietitians and I can bounce around ideas. Like at Florida, like I reported to sports nutrition and I am so blessed that that was my setup because if I didn't have a mentor who told me like, Hey, don't bite off all these eight things you want to do your first year, like bite off one, like it could have been a catastrophe. And honestly, like I needed that structure. So I think it's also like just at least being aware of like, you know, your confidence level and like, do I need a mentor? Do I need to report to a dietitian or am I ready? Like I, I can do this. So I think you've got to reflect a lot before just jumping into a job, but it, it could be a great experience. Like it, it worked out. But I know it is so funny looking back because you're so right. You you're like, how can I change everything? And it's like less is so much more. Everybody less is more. You will decide. Not you can like fry yourself year one. And I already kind of felt like I was about to at Florida because it was just so so much. And I was doing I was like working long hours and going home and pulling out my laptop and like, no ma'am, like don't do that. Mm -hmm. So you know, but it was helpful. I'm I'm glad I had a really good group of dietitians who I still like keep up with today who like really helped me along the way. Yeah. And I think you're right. Like now our industry has so many positions that it's like setting people up, you know, with SNP and like assistant roles and, you know, wherever you feel more comfortable and you're likely more going to find a position versus, you know, if someone asked you to be the football director at 23, like you wouldn't say no to that. It's amazing. I wouldn't, I'd be like, let's go. Like, <laughs> We are. <laughs> Is there anything in your career that you kind of learned that you didn't expect to learn or just some sort of lesson that kind of came out of nowhere that has stuck with you today? Yeah. And it's kind of bouncing off what we were just talking about. But I think when I first got into a football role, I like thought that, you know, working a ton of hours and like never stopping was like, like a badge of honor. Like I thought it was what everyone needed to do. And what I learned is that like, you should not put all your eggs into your work basket. Like you need to also put time into yourself and that's ultimately going to make you better at your job. Um, like, like my first year, I, I'm dead serious. I worked every single day, like nonstop. And I remember thinking like, I don't know if I could do this. And I luckily had a good mentors that told me like, take a step back and like, take, take care of yourself. And so I still to this day do little things. Um, this is something that Hillary Ake, who's now at the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, taught me to do, but we run, we both run every single day and all I do is run a mile, but it's like my 10 minutes, like where I don't answer any work calls. I don't answer any work emails. It is like my 10 minutes to like decompress. And then, you know, I got a dog and I, I'm in a Bible study and I'm, I go to family dinner every Sunday and I try to do things that like you know, it's fine if I like leave work early and, and Kate, my assistant stays later because that time that I invest in myself, I'm going to be recharged and ready to come to work tomorrow at a hundred percent. And like, I'll be better and more efficient at my job. So I think what I learned was like, 
you want to be so good at your job. And I think this job can, can seriously swallow you whole and like take over your whole life if you let it, but you'll be better at your job if you don't. And if you don't feel guilty about taking time for yourself. That's amazing. What do you feel like it depends on not like where you work, but is it more like they're setting you up? Like, is it like you have, is it a conversation people are having? Is it you work with the right people or are they giving you staff? So, you know, you can step aside because you have someone to cover. Yeah, I think you can do it like a ton of ways. You could always do it, you know, before you get a job, like say you have a good job and someone wants you to come. Well, these are the things I would need to come. You know, I think you could do it on the front end. Um, For me, like my first year at Georgia, I did a good amount of hours my first year just to kind of like gain everyone's trust and get everyone very comfortable with me. And then like, once I felt like everyone trusted me, I felt like I could kind of, you know, take a step back. I do have an assistant. She's also a dietitian. She can cover things. So like we can trade off dinner nights and and we still do to this day, we trade off Sunday lifts. So like every other Sunday in season, one of us is completely off. They never see this building, which is pretty rare, you know, in, in college athletics and in college football. Um, and then I also think if like, say, you know, a coach wants you to start doing something and you can't do it. Like coach, that's a great idea. Like I want to support you. I want to give you everything you can. These are the things I would need to be need to have to be able to execute that plan. Like I want to do it, but I just can't sustain that by myself. We would need, you know, these resources or an extra position. And I think as long as the head coach or whoever you're reporting to knows, like you see their vision and you want to do it at your best, you just can't without those, that could be a way to kind of get that. And that way you're not just saying, yes, 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 I can do it all when you really can't. No, that's great that you switch off with your assistant, because I think sometimes if like the head person, like always feels like they have to be around sometimes. And then if you're always around with your assistant, then your assistant's like, well, why am I here? If you know, you're here. And I think it's such a funny way how that works is like when you actually give people space to like have their shift at their time, like they'll want to be there because they can make an impact. And then you're going to have to worry less because you know that, I don't know, you know what I mean? It's just interesting how. Yeah. And I want some of our athletes to go to my assistant first too. You know, I want her to get that experience of like being the go-to, you know, I, I don't want all 130 go guys to just come to me, you know, there's gonna be some guys that like my personality. And then there's gonna be some guys that like my assistant's personality. And, and, you know, that's fine. I think it's good to, to let someone have that autonomy and that way, you know, she's ready for that next level. She's, she's been doing it. She's done things on her own. She's had her own athletes. Um, and that's ultimately going to help her to be a, a good dietitian, a strong dietitian, you know, when she's on her on her own, which I hope is never because I love her, but <laughs> I know it's like you treat her so well, they never leave right now. I, I hope not, but I'm just kidding. I do want her to, but hopefully not. Yeah. No, it's just interesting because <laughs> sometimes people, because you're the first, because you're the director or like you feel so responsible, it's like I've seen that and it's like, let the person just like they're there to help you, they're your assistant. And it's nice that you actually like utilize them because I think you'll forget like 130 guys for one person, like. How I don't know how people do that. You don't. You yeah. can't. You can't do it in the best way. Is the point? But, anyways, everyone get right. an assistant. Yes. Oh my gosh. Of course. All right. Ready for the rapid fire round? Yes. Okay. Manny or Petty? That's so hard because it's like it's hard. Okay. This is my two cents. I get a Manny every four weeks, and I only get a Petty in the summer because no one's going to see my toes, but I will say, which one during, 
Huh? Yeah. Well, I'm soft. If it's if it's below fifty, I'm in a trench coat. So. Oh my god. Oh yeah. I know. I've lived in Georgia, Florida, and Alabama. Like, there's just. I'm so soft when it comes to being cold, but I will say if I'm getting it done, I enjoy getting a pedicure more than I enjoy getting a manicure. Like I hate not having my hands for like 30 minutes, but I I do my mani year round. Fair. Yeah. Okay. This one's kind of random. If you could go back to 2010, who would you see in concert? Okay. Let me think of this. This is my sophomore year of college. Who was I into? That's a weird time. Um, you want me to say like I know. year of high school? Sorry. No, go. Gosh, do I Okay, I know growing up, my favorite band was Backstreet Boys. I don't know what years of my life I stopped liking them. Actually, that's a lie. Honestly, I went and saw them when I was like 23 years old too. It could it could be How was that? Boys. Was that amazing? I've seen them four times. Oh my God. Wait, are they touring? <laughs> no no this was like a long time ago I was what seven years ago in Atlanta but yeah I mean I I saw them growing up a good amount of time but I also liked Red Hot Chili Peppers and I also liked Jay-Z in high school so I mean I really can can do it all and now my favorite is Taylor Swift and Fleetwood Mac so I don't really know like would you buy tickets for like thousands of dollars are you one of those Swifty people I'm not against Taylor Swift I'm just not like I don't actually this is kind of funny so I went to her concert in 2016 and this is in at Gillette Stadium in Massachusetts Boston and she opened up her concert with welcome to New York and I was so just take that is so ignorant how good is that you're in Boston and it's like welcome to New York I'm like you know all the all the Swifties went nuts still still I mean honestly people people love her but no I'm with you so I won't lie. I waited in the in the Ticketmaster um, fiasco. Oh yeah. What happened? So I literally I literally got on at nine thirty. I had one of my students doing inventory, and I was like, Brooke, this is more important. Like, come in my office. And so me and her are like on our office, and then I'm I'm going on a Zoom call at ten thirty. So I like leave her with like my credit card, and like oh. I need five tickets, like. Like I'm about to be there, whatever. So then I go do my Zoom call the whole time in my Zoom call. I'm like, I'm feeling good. Like, you know, I'm going to get my T-Swift tickets. I was this close. So then I come back and she's like pale in the face. And she's like, Ticketmaster crashed when I was checking out. You're at the back of the line. I was like, okay, it's okay. It's okay. You know, whatever. So I'm in nosebleeds now, but I didn't spend that much. But I was on from 9.30 till 3.30. Come on. Yeah. I know. I'm really excited. You don't need to be that close to her. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm I'm gonna be there. When's the concert? Is it soon or is it like next year? Like when is it? No, it's in it's in April, which is great because it's after G Day and I can like actually go to it. I'm so, it's I'm like so she asked excited me, for you. Yeah. I'm so excited for me. It's like she asked me, like, hey, I know you have a busy schedule. Like, when should I come to Atlanta? And I was like, T Swift, April's perfect, and sh- and she's coming. Wow. I'm so happy for you. Like I said, nothing against the girl, but oh, welcome to New York and Boston. Just, I'm not the very picky. I just thought it was extremely ignorant. Yeah. I'm, you know, that makes me disappointed. I do know cause... actually what she opens up. Granted, I'm sure she has so many new songs, but that was something strategic. Why would she pick that one? There's just too many. Yeah. Other... Anyways, I need to get over that, but have fun at the concert. <laughs> I'm not honest. Um, CVS or Walgreens? CVS. 
why is that i'm the same way is it because it's just more like the first cool thing like you know what i mean like walgreens is like your backup cvs but they all have the same things like what? yeah i guess like i mean i'm not like uber upset if i have to stop there but like there's a cvs right by my house like growing up there was a cvs by the movie theater in town i'm just like cvs i don't think there's anyone out there that's like walgreens right like no one would be like yeah walgreens okay that was an easy rapid fire one for me like i was like oh cvs this is not a rapid fire but i was just thinking about it working football only and with like men all the time do you is there a part of you that's like oh i wish i was more educated on the female athlete or no because that's not where you dove into but now because you have a lot of experience but it's interesting now that when you not when you grow up, but obviously you were more football from the beginning or back in the day. I don't think that was as common. So what's your right. thought on that? Just kind of wondering, or someone out there listening that doesn't know. What yeah. I, I mean, I do think that right now, like if I got a female sport, like it wouldn't be my natural, you know, like I think how you counsel men and how you work with men is different and needs to be a different approach than how you work with females. Um, and I would say like, I'm starting to dive into setting for my CSSD and you're so right. Like, I don't know how to work with endurance athletes. Like, I don't know how to work with female athletes and, and kind of have to approach some of those things. So like, I'm actually going to have to like study those parts because I'm so used to to reading research only that applies to my population or like it's funny because like one of my friends who doesn't work out will ask me for a meal plan and I'm like oh my gosh you're throwing me for a loop like a I don't work with women and be like I work with athletes who burn like all these calories like, you know like, steak and a pound of potatoes I know. so that's yeah I, do think that's, I was just like wondering that's one thing that like should be a challenge or like I do like about going to CPSDA because I can hop in on talks and like see research of like other things because you know I do try to just focus on you know becoming the expert in what I'm doing and what I'm hired to do but it can also be a negative to where you go into a different situation you're like wait a second like I I need to go back and, and study and read these things. That's so interesting. I mean, the good news is it's just your CSSC that's making you, you know, it's kind of situational and then you can move on with your life. Um, but yeah. that's interesting because I feel like a lot of people, I don't know, like I never really thought about it, but I'm like, wow, like you probably, I, that's just your clientele, but it obviously has worked out very well for you. So you shouldn't change jobs. Yes. Yes. All right. What is the mantra for 2023? Anyone listening out there wants <laughs> Pressure is a privilege, even though now I just took it away. You Pressure said. is a privilege. Let's do that one. Pressure, Pressure is a privilege. Will you talk Motto. a little bit more on that, actually? Yeah. So I think that, you know, it, it's something that that I've heard and I, I at first didn't understand it. And then you really think about it and you're like, it is, you know, like, like if you never get out of your comfort zone and if everything's super easy, like you don't grow, you don't challenge, you don't get these like big wins and big successes. So when you go out on a limb or you get out of your comfort zone, like that pressure is a privilege. Like those are the things you want to do. Like you want to challenge yourself. You want to grow. You want to be the best. You can't do that if you always feel comfortable and you're in a safe place. But like, you know, that was my big thing when, with taking this job at Georgia, like I'd finally gotten Florida where I was like comfortable you know I knew the people I got along with my athletic, athletic trainer and my strength coach and then I was like oh my gosh like I'm gonna have to start all over like I'm gonna have to meet all my athletes I'm gonna have to like figure out how to you know work in day in day out with coach smart and 
you know, I know what he's going to want. It's going to be a lot of work, but because of taking that chance and that opportunity, I've gotten to help to grow this program and make it my own. And, and honestly, I'm very lucky because I have a head coach who, who supports me and who really cares about nutrition and really cares about all the details. And so accepting that pressure and, and kind of leaning into it is something that I would say can be our motto of 2023. I love it. And now on to our very last question. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. If you could tell your younger Artie self one thing, what would you say? I would tell her that the only mistake you make is the one you make twice. And I think that's because like, like I've mentioned, I've made, you know, a good amount of mistakes when I was at Florida and I was so hard on myself. Like I, I wanted everything to be perfect and I wanted to be so good at my job and I wanted everyone to like me and all these things, but like, like it's fine to make mistakes. Everyone in football, everyone in all sports is human and everyone's going to make mistakes. I think the big thing is own it, learn from it. My dad used to always say like, take your medicine. Like if someone gets angry at you, just be like, yes, you're right. I messed up my bad. Um, and just make sure you, you take notes from it and you get better from it and you move on. Like don't dwell on those mistakes because everyone's going to make mistakes. And and I'm still, I've been in this for a good amount of time and I'm going to continue to make mistakes, but as long as I keep learning from them and giving myself grace, it's fine. Like the world will keep turning. We'll keep moving on. Um, so that's what I would tell my younger self. I love that. That is just so helpful because it's so crazy to think like your first mistake is just experience. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? It's experience. And what is it? If you make it twice, you're bad. Or what is it? Don't make a mistake well, twice. The only mistake you make is the one you make twice. I do think like, if you mess up like exactly. the same thing over and over again, you know, it's kind of like, all right, well, you might need to fix that one. But, that but yeah, so have good. grace with yourself. Yeah. I love That's it. That's what I say. 2023. Let's okay. go. Here we go. Here we go, dogs. Let's go. Love it. This game, December 31st, 8 p.m. Versus Ohio State, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Versus Ohio State. I know. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I know it's probably like a really busy time, but I'm sure everyone listening is a George fan. I mean, I have no idea, but I am. So hopefully they are too. I love it. I love it. I hope so. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today and go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks so much, Liz. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Sports Artie Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Share the podcast or tell another Sports Artie to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at Sports Artie Snippets to see what Sports Artie guest is featured each week. I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests, so stay tuned. I'm Liz Waluka, and thanks so much for listening.